Financial support for the products of the Ride On Network comes from Bo's Restaurant, located at 2304 Thomas Drive in beautiful Panama City Beach, Florida. Bo's is open Monday to Friday from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. and offers some of the best food in the Florida panhandle. Different daily specials every day of the week with fresh sides, which creates a unique experience every time you return to Bo's. For takeout orders, catering, or any other questions, contact them today at 850-775-1828. Also from our friends at KL Skaggs Heating and Air, LLC. Summer is here, and as we know, these Florida summers are brutal. If you have any HVAC needs, HVAC is the actual word for that, repairs or questions, you should contact the company that is locally owned, locally operated, and offers above and beyond service day or night. And that company is KL Skaggs Heating and Air. Call them at 850-238-5414. Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Right on Squared Circle podcast. We're all back in the studio together. I am your host, Danny G. I am here with the Right on Man himself, Kyle Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to just do something horrible every week. <laughs> That's my point. And, of course, we got Scotty Too Hottie, Scott Hollinsworth. <laughs> Turn it up! Turn it up! <laughs> All right, let's do this. And I want to wish everyone a very early happy Father's Day. Please enjoy time with your pop-up. Mm. Enjoy it. I'm your Be pop-up. blessed. God damn it. And that, exactly, right? Scott, we're not even, what, like 45 seconds in and Scott's already starting shit? This is the wholesome part of the show, asshole. Hi, I'm sorry. <laughs> happy, on a real note, for real, happy Father's Day to well, all Well, once again, day, guys, happy Father's Day. You know, enjoy the blessed ones. And we're leading right into, we're going to be talking about the family legacies in all of professional wrestling. We all know a few mm. of them. We got the Ortons, the Samoans, the Hart Dynasty, just, just to name a few. We're going to talk about each, not really each one, but we're going to try and rank which we think were the most successful, probably the most, you know, you know ones that are most influential in the industry. Um, Kyle. That lead off here, man. I want you to talk about what do you think is your, or not what do you think, your opinion, favorite uh, family legacy or family dynasty in WWE. Well, before uh, before we get going, I just kind of want to throw a little disclaimer out to everybody. Not a damn one of us has a piece of paper in front of us right now. So I don't think, like we say rankings, blah, 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 blah. We're kind of just kind of freelance in this conversation. Like I don't have a, here's my number five, number four, number three, number two, number one. But to me, the greatest, I, I mean, listen, man, listen, Every there, there's going to be hate on this all the time, coming depending on what side of the fence you're on. But 
when you talk about family legacies in wrestling, there's just no legacy greater than the Samoan dynasty, the Samoan legacy. I mean, that that bloodline that runs with, from the wild Samoans to Rocky Maivia to or Rocky Johnson to The Rock to Roman Reigns to the Usos, who are, to my uh, in my opinion, still the greatest tag team to ever walk the earth. You have guys like Umaga that came up through that, Rukishi. I mean, Yokozuna. That, I mean that that's a that's an elite bloodline, man. I mean, yeah. And you could talk about they get these pushes because of their bloodline. No, man, they get these pushes because maybe a little bit because of that, but because they are that fucking good. Yeah, I mean the, the bad ones have weed, yeah the bad ones have weeded themselves out. You look at some some of the guys. What was the dude that started with Legacy there at the very very beginning? Manu was that was that what they called him? Was oh, that what he called God. himself? God, what was his name? I don't remember what his name was, but he started with Legacy. It was it was Rhodes, yep. DiBiase, and Manu. I think I think it was was what he went by. I we don't have anybody here to Google, but when I yield my time, I'll look it up. But this, oh man, that Samoan bloodline, man. I mean, it's just it doesn't run any fucking deeper than that. That's that that's that. So that'll always be number one to me. Gotcha. For me, I don't know. For me, for me, it'd be the the Hart family. Only, I mean, obviously the Samoans, they're in a class of all their own. These guys are all, you know, everyone that's come out of, you know, the family legacy has found some great success in WWE because, like you said, Kyle, they're that damn good. They're that damn talented. Yeah. But, um, you know, for me, it'd be the Hart family. You know, you got Owen, Stu, Jim the Anvil, Nightheart, you know, obviously Brett, you know, and and it's just – the people, you know, obviously the famed heart dungeon, you know, it's in the basement of the heart, you know, the heart household, you know, you have guys that have graduated from there, like Benoit, Brian Pillman, Jericho, Davey Boy Smith, Lance Storm, you know, Tyson Kidd, you know, you know, Natty right now, and, you know, owning up to the women's division, just to name a few guys, you know, Ken Shamrock, just everything they built. You know, family-wise, and just every everyone that's come out of that family dungeon has found some great success in professional wrestling. So, you know, I would, I would definitely put the heart. The hearts are up there. Obviously, you know, you got to talk about the McMahon. You know, obviously, oh, man. Vince, Vince McMahon. You know, destroyed territories and just created one massive conglomerate that we now know as WWE. Scott and I talked about Vince McMahon for a little while today in the car, and. We uh, we kind of came to like his dad poured the slab right like his dad poured the slab the foundation of wrestling, but Vince McMahon took that shit and fucking created a mansion out of out of a house that was probably built to be single story. Yeah, he like I said he turned he he made wrestling the way it is just this massive multimedia you know sports entertainment conglomerate that like I said no other promotion can touch you know, in terms of prestige and obviously revenue and everything else in between. Um, Scott, go uh, go on, buddy. You're on Family Legacy. Family Legacy, as much as... He loves the hearts. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, fuck the hearts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just you Brett do. more specifically, Yeah, just right? Brett more specifically, but you do. You have the heart dynasty and you have the Samoas and you do. You have, you have the McMahons, man. But one... And I wouldn't really say it's a legacy because to me it's only two people. But I think one of the greatest families as far as entertainment, title reigns, longevity, 
it, it's going to be the flares mm. because you have Rick who we recognize 16 as the number of world titles he's held. We don't know if that's true. He wrestled in a time where they probably didn't keep records of shit. Right. You know, so you're, you're looking between him and between Charlotte, you're looking at 30 plus title reigns between two people. And that's it. <laughs> oh, stop. Uh, listen, listen, we can all agree. Let's all agree that Charlotte Flair is pushed way too much. She is. Thank you. But let's also Thank all you. agree that Charlotte Flair is the best female performer of all time. But I will agree. I will agree no. with that. Okay. Well, you're full of shit. <laughs> Back to nope. I will. I will. I mean, me and Tyler have had this conversation so many times, man. I, I do. I think Charlotte is pushed down. I, I feel... Charlotte's pushed down her throats like we all felt Roman Reigns was pushed down her throats in 2016. Times 10. Times 10. 100%. But sh- but to, to what Kyle said, she really is one of the only female athletes, I feel like, that can go out there and put on a very good five-star match. Every time. She has a she has one of the most beautiful moonsaults I've ever seen. She knows how to talk. She knows how to, you know, quote-unquote, she knows how to strut. The <laughs> shit that she has, she does. <laughs> so to me, it would be the, it would be the flares, man. It would. You have Rick and you have Charlotte, who have each made a name for themselves in their own respective ways, have held numerous titles, and like I said, with the longevity, you had Rick in his fucking sixties in a TLC match versus Edge, like. <laughs> Who the hell thinks to do this at his age, man? He took a bump in that match, too. Like a nasty bump. He took a fucking... He he went through a table after Edge jumped... I think it was out of the ring off a ladder. Like, it was a phenomenal move. So, to me, it's the flares. Like, I don't, I don't think nobody has given more to the wrestling world as a whole. More than, especially Rick, Flair. I could, I could flip that one a little bit. By all means, go, go ahead. ahead. Who's giving back more to the wrestling world? Give me the give me the Rhodes family. Mm. Give me Dusty Rhodes coaching everyone. God rest his soul. Rest yeah. coaching everybody in NXT. Yeah. Give me Gold Dust, who's still wrestling today. And then Cody, obviously, you know, kind of flopped a little bit in WWE, formed his own character in Ring of Honor, and they're becoming the executive VP of what we now know as AEW. Yeah, no, I'm, telling you, really I'm telling you, if you want, if you want to talk about giving back too, and don't get me wrong, I'm not discrediting the Flair family. Obviously, that's you know, but if you want, if you want to talk about giving back, the Rhodes family, every single current WWE superstar that's come up from the NXT NXT reigns, always mentions Dusty Rhodes as their reason why they are where they're at today. Oh yeah, yeah. every single one of no, them. No, absolutely, because he did. Yeah. And even we could talk about the we could talk about the Von Erichs too when they ran Texas. Yeah. Yep. I got a I got a little off the wall, not really off the wall one here, but let me um let me throw this one out here to you. Obviously, um obviously this family's kind of faded out now, and but um the Guerrero family, Eddie and Chavo were one of the greatest tag teams that we've ever seen. And then after Eddie's passing, I don't I just don't think it was the same for Chavo anymore. I don't think he even wrestles anymore. But um Vicky Guerrero stepped in to the WWE into one of the greatest heel general manager roles that we've ever known to exist 100 percent, and she did it after her husband's passing after her husband's passing and i think when you talk about giving back that was like that's a big one for me too because vicky did not have to do that and she stepped into that role and 
dude, everybody hated her. And that's oh, yeah. exactly oh, God, what they yeah. were supposed to do. But you like you knew that she loved what she was doing. Oh, absolutely. And it was uh it was phenomenal. She did. I, I will say she took I'm not gonna say the responsibility, but she took everything that Eddie at his point in his career, on the downslope of his career, he know he was gonna give back. She basically took everything he had and gave it back still, but in just her own way that she could give back. Because he did. You know, we, we lost Eddie at the very prime of his career. God, it sucks. And she did. I mean, it was like, I think it was a year after his passing is when we really started seeing her on TV. And it was it was a weekly thing. And she went through so many different storylines. Let's be honest. I don't, I, I don't know how she went through the storyline with Edge. With being lovers with Edge, the cougar. Yeah, you know, like you know, it's a, it's a silly storyline, but you know, she had to really act upon loving and being, I mean, basically sexual towards another man after her husband's passing. Yeah, you know, like in that that I couldn't imagine the pressure that put on her. So, yeah, I definitely, I will agree with you, Kyle. I think the Guerreros are a very, very big family in wrestling. They were just. Yeah, especially in the Mexican community. Oh, yeah, especially in especially in the Hispanic community. Absolutely. I just like, like Kyle said, I think after Eddie's passing, it just, it lost a lot of its steam. I'm going to say steam. Because, yeah, I'm sure it had to kill Chavo with how he felt about wrestling without Eddie by his, you know, by his side or in, at least in the same company. So I guess one more. I I really have to reserve. Uh, I have to come back to the McMahons. I do. Because I, I don't think wrestling would be where it's at without the McMahon family. I don't. You know, we had Ted Turner running WCW, but we saw where that went. We saw what happens when you take so much money and no wrestling love and put it into a wrestling company. Yes, you will get amazing, amazing rosters <clears throat> and amazing matches for the first couple of years because you have there is nothing money can't buy at that opportunity. But then you have the McMahons who, you know, like Kyle said, you know, Vince Sr. really laid the foundation for WWF at the time to become what it did. But then can Vince... We, can we say that one here? Can we say that? I guess we can. Um, Get the <laughs> F sorry, out. Sorry, the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> but then, you know, you have Vince who really took it and said, I'm going to bust out of the territory type of, type of game. I'm going to make this countrywide. I'm going to make this international it's going to be a worldwide phenomenon and i you know and vince said i'm going to do it and he did so to me i mean i know it sounds so cliche to say the to me the best family in wrestling is the mcmahons but it has to be because <laughs> each of them always gave back to the company you know whether it was shane doing the <laughs> stupid fucking moves he did man the bravery he had then you had stephanie with her involvement, whether it be a manager or a wrestler or whatever, you advance taking bumps and being in storylines and even Linda at times. Yep. Every Linda single, took a tombstone. 
Yeah, Linda took a fucking tombstone. Linda, okay. Linda, and the Attitude Era when she played like the sedated wife, she played that perfectly. Dude, like it looked like it, it looked like she was actually like just completely dude, out of it. It made it it made me uncomfortable watching those segments because she did. I mean, you had Trish Stratus tonguing Vince McMahon in the ring, and she's on the ramp, just dead face to Staring. dead face to the world. Beautiful. One family we're not really talking about either, the Ortons. Mm. Got Bob Sr., Cowboy Bob, and then obviously Randy. Just like those guys, like those three are just extremely like technical, great wrestlers, like just good coaches, especially now that we're hearing that Randy Orton is being more of a lead in the locker room, providing, you know, providing more knowledge to the younger guys. And obviously, you know, Cowboy Bob is the legend, so is Bob Sr., so you want to talk about like just not even like so much what they provided to wrestling or like provided to like the like the future of wrestling. You know, these guys were like just a technical family. These guys like Randy Orton. It was just, it was like it was like what Triple H said when we met Randy Orton for the first time. It's that coal that we're gonna press and turn into a diamond because he had it. It was in his family. He's a third. Ge- was he like was he the first third generation superstar? I. I think he was. I think he was the first ever was, third generation superstar. Yeah, I'm just, I'm was just he? Yeah. Was, so the Hearts never had third generations up I, until I don't Natalie? think so because the, no, the Hearts kind of started with Brett and Owen and Jim the Anvil, right? I mean, that's yeah. They didn't. Yeah, these they didn't have like. I mean, and Natty Natty's considered a second generation star. Yeah, I mean, so I yeah, think I, think, I think I think Randy go through. I don't think. Nah. Uh, I want to and then. And then Rikishi, obviously Rikishi's sons, the Usos, are second generation. I want to say, I, I do want to say it was either Orton or uh, it would be, no, I think The Rock was the first third generation superstar. Yeah, The Rock was. Because yeah. you go from High Chief Peter Maivia to Rocky Johnson to The Rock. Yep. High Chief Peter Maivia. Yep. But I guess, I guess you can, I guess if you want to count it like in our era when we started really watching wrestling, The Rock had already faded out to Hollywood. So if you really want to count it in our era, Randy Orton to us. Not in not in the statistical and like lat, like literal terms of third generation superstar, but he was the first third generation superstar that we got to see yep. grow from the young pup to now the cagey veteran. Right. Um, I I would like to hop back on the McMahon family for a second, and then I have another one that I want to kind of honor here for a second. Um, but I want to talk about Vince and these guys. None of these guys have to do what they've done in the wrestling world, so. You've got Stephanie McMahon. Obviously, she's wrestled matches. She's been a GM. She's uh, she's done sexual angles with, you know, like sexualizing herself. She's never had to do that, but she stepped into that role. Shane McMahon has never had to do any of the crazy shit that we've seen Shane McMahon do. Um, jumping no. off the hell in a cell, uh, jumping off of the blank, jumping off of blank. Uh, landing on Tron. the landing on the blank, uh, it's just you don't have to do it. No, especially at fifty two years old. Yeah, especially fifty two years old, and he's still like, doing the, it. The WrestleMania, the WrestleMania I went to, he like jumped off a scaffold and yeah. landed on top of Miz. Yeah, that was a uh, him and Miz, right? Yeah, that's wild. Happened yeah. right, happened right in front of me. But um, and then I want to talk about Vince. Vince McMahon, right now, is how old? Seventy, right? Oh, guys, he's more. Than Seven, he's going to be seventy six. 76. So a year ago, he was like 75. Rob Gronkowski was scared, was like kind of uh, hesitant to take a bump at WrestleMania 36. The one with no crowd. The infamous COVID, the infamous COVID WrestleMania. Yep. Rob Gronkowski was kind of scared to take a bump. 
and it was a, a crowd dive bump. Like he jumped off a thing onto a bunch of people. Vince McMahon did it to show him it was safe. And he did it with no hesitation. 75 years old. Well, I mean, Gronkowski's also made out of glass. Yeah, well, that's true, too. <laughs> but um, but he's also, I mean, you. what else has Vince McMahon done, man? He's pissed his pants on live television, right? He, uh... To sell that angle. He got uh, shit dumped on him by DX. He got he... buried in bitch shows ass. Yeah, Bro, mind you, mind you, completely, completely unscripted. He tore both quads at the Royal Rumble. In the Royal Rumble. And this man still walked off under his own power and still played the role like what he was supposed to do. Yeah, he did, dude. And he, I mean, and he's pretty much eating Big Show and Rikishi's ass. I I mean, (laughs) it doesn't. There's no, uh, there's, nah, there goes my dinner idea. Yep. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, darn it. I was thinking about having big show ass, but it's already been eaten. Uh, well, I'm more saying that I'm hungry and I have dinner waiting for me. And I just, I'm like, I'm not going to eat my food now. <laughs> Is that chocolate donuts? Uh, no, it's not chocolate. Uh, let's, 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 let's get, let's get, let's get, uh, let's get real here. I'm I Spanish. Wanna... I'm Spanish and I ordered a quesadilla. Quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get real here, okay? I Rhino did Network it. does not participate in <laughs> racial claims. Racial <laughs> racial activity does not um oh, god damn it. I can't think of the I'm trying to think of a disclaimer for the right on network. Um we do not have anything to we do. We don't with discriminate it. against any races. <laughs> there the, we go. Anyway, okay. this podcast does okay. not reflect the views of the right on network. There we go. There we go. Um Back I'm just to, being, I'm just being stereotypical towards myself. Pat to the top of hand. Today. What was uh, the other family you said? Man, I want to talk about the first ever father-son tag team champions. And this is a thing right now, unless they lose them before this podcast drops. Probably will because they got to defend them this Friday, uh, which is last <laughs> Friday now against the Usos. So this might be old news to you guys because this, uh, to, you know, full disclaimer, we're recording this a week in advance. But, um... Uh, father son tag team Rey Mysterio and Dominic I mean that's that was one of the coolest moments to be able to see I wish there would have been fans to make that a little bit better yeah. but uh, you want to talk about a guy that's given so much to the industry and never has had to Rey Mysterio and to to give that to him to give him that title not only is he like the biggest little man in WWE history. Now he's the first ever father son tag team champion with his son. And that's, and this is a son that we've seen in wrestling many times with his actual father, Eddie Guerrero. But, um, <laughs> Dan, did you freeze up? Oh no. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, shit. How the hell did you not laugh at that? You weren't paying Sorry, attention. Sorry, I got distracted with this freaking storm outside. It's, it's terrible out here. I'm trying to make sure that this thing doesn't like crash on me or anything because this big bolt of lightning just came down, and I'm like, damn. I'm like, here we go. Like Ron Simmons, damn. damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were saying, you know, we've all we've we've watched Dominic Mysterio all the way throughout wrestling. You know, we watched him when he when he was with his father Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> when he got beat and had to get transferred over to Ray Mysterio. Oh my God. What kind of what kind of freaking match was that battle for the custody of Dominic? Yeah, ladder match for Dominic. Why'd they hang a briefcase? They should have just put Dominic up there by the his loop. Oh my lord. They screwed up. They oh screwed God. up. But um I mean you know it, uh, so many great bloodlines in wrestling. I, I will agree with you. I, I do think it was so, to me, it was very deserving for yeah. Rey Mysterio to be the first ever son and father tag team champions. Man. I still think that should have been Vince and Shane. I'll go to my grave saying that. That's fair. No, that is fair. Because it would have been the most heel thing heel ever. Heel thing ever. But 
he, you know, he very much did deserve it. I mean, I know y'all remember the, you know, very famous scene where Ray was strapped to a stretcher and Brock Lesnar threw him against the ring post and then just oh my dropped goodness. him on his face. That. Oh, man. He ate the floor with his face. Nothing to protect it. I remember just a couple years ago when Brock Lesnar was in that stupid, forgettable feud with Cain Velasquez and uh, the Mysterios oh were involved. He Brock Lesnar came in that room and put Mysterio in the hold for the F5 and uh, launched his ass against the wall. He did. Like he, he threw him. He doesn't hold back, man. I wish Les- I wish there was a, a Lesnar storyline we could talk about. Cause, but he's got no bloodline All right. in, in wrestling. But last thing I think. So we're running pretty we're running pretty good on this one. I think last question, who do you think is probably the best father in WWE? Dan. Oh, that, that's that's a tough question. Titus O'Neil. Thank you. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll come back Titus. to it, but go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. I I agree, it's Titus. All I, right, so we're we're probably all on agreeing. And we're not and I just want to say we're not discrediting anyone being a parent. I think everyone, you know, obviously, if you're in your child's life, you're providing for your child, you know, you're there supporting your wife as well. A, you know, A-plus father right there. Oh, but, you know, what yeah. what, what, Titus, what Titus O'Neil does, not only for his family, but for the community in itself, man, it's, he you, you can't speak, you can't, you can't speak words on it. It, it, yeah. what he does, what he does just, it speaks volumes. It speaks for itself. You can't really, can't really explain it. This guy is, he's a philanthropist. That's just what he, he is. is. And he's losing at it and that's why i feel like to me he's the greatest father in wwe right now because i mean one he's doing of course the utmost to provide for his family and if you ever follow him on facebook or twitter instagram whatever you will see he is i mean there's nothing more than he adores than his kids than his kids wholesome shit man wholesome as hell you know and he took his star power and instead of writing it off into you know like a rock or a john cena type of way you know instead of writing it off in the movies and this, that, and the fourth, he has done nothing but just went, all right, I'm a WWE superstar. I have this much power, but I'm going to give back 110% to my community. Yeah. And he does, 100%. Whether it is helping other kids that are not his own, helping other families, to me, he is the the shining example of what a father should be. I got a good example of what a father should be, shouldn't be. <clears throat> now nah, we won't go there. Oh my god! <laughs> Somebody will get that. A lot of people will understand that reference. Dot 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 dot. Okay, we get it. We get it. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Jeez. Let me clear my throat. <clears> throat> my buddy, my buddy Greg would have appreciated that joke. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be on the episode next week with you guys, right? I think, yes, uh, I will be getting him set up for that one. That'll be nice. Everybody will appreciate that. The ultimate goal, just disclaimer, is for me to not be on as many shows as I'm starting with the launch of this whole thing. But, I mean, I could not not be on the wrestling show at the beginning. <laughs> Get him out. Get him out. <laughs> Get the F out. Get him out. He's Get done. the F out. And the F stands for fat. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Well, that's me. Y'all got anything else to add to this episode? Man, I don't know. Like talking about future wrestling families, probably. Um, I mean, y- you got a kid that's gonna be coming from the uh, from the loins of Seth Rollins and, and Becky Lynch and Becky yeah. Lynch. 
that kid, that, kid that, that child is going to be a future superstar that, that, kid crazy better athleticism. Be, that kid better be a superstar. well you know if we want to talk about families which leads in i th- like disappointments let's talk about oh. uh ted dibiase jr yeah the dibiase okay hold on can i, I take really... a quick can i take a quick jab at that and even point? even david boy smith like your dad's the british bulldog dude like come on how can do you I, suck hold on i want to take a quick jab at the ted dibiase thing really quick yeah go ahead I, I don't think that's much of a letdown. I don't think his dad. Are you is sure it's gonna be quick? Yeah, it'll be quick. <laughs> I don't. I don't think his. I don't think his dad was shit, man. His dad. His, his to me, his dad did not wrestle good. Well, his he dad just, just. He just had that. He was. He was smart and made a fucking belt. Money, <laughs> money, he could money, crown himself money, money. as a champion. You know, he just had a good character. So to me, seeing Ted DiBiase not be a great superstar didn't really disappoint me. Let's be real. The man, the man debuted the Undertaker. Enough said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, enough. You... enough said. He's a great manager. Like, there's, there's great managers in wrestling, and he, he to me is in that tier of cream of the crop. Yeah. So that's why, that's why to see his son not really succeed, it wasn't that much of a shocker because it's like, no, your dad wasn't the best, man. So I didn't have, I didn't have high, high expectations, you know. I mean that's um I don't really have much else. I mean I guess um Tamina coming from Jimmy Snuka's bloodline. I, I think Tamina is I think she's great. I think she's got she's a great personality. She's given a lot to the wrestling world, but she's just never been able to find a comfortability. And I think she's been pretty disappointing because when she first came in, I was really excited for Tamina because the women's division had just kind of lost um, Beth Phoenix at that time. I think if I'm thinking around the same time, they had just kind of lost Beth Phoenix. And I loved having a woman powerhouse in the yeah. women's division. And I thought Tamina was going to be that next role. And, and she, she just wasn't. She was hot then, too. I mean, she was we'll never forget when she, you know, hit Nikki Bella's face in about the 14th row. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> she... um. She just never, she just never found her ground, man. I mean, and the same thing kind of goes for Nia Jax. I mean, Nia's got other things like that kind of, uh, that kind of handicap her a little bit, but it's, they've just never been able to find that role. Hopefully, I hope that we'll be able to have this conversation again in about 10 years with some stronger female athletes coming through, because as of right now, I don't mean to sound any type of way. So I'm sorry if I upset any of our female listeners, but it's, there haven't been very many successful female bloodlines that have come through. Natalia is one of the, it's kind of like Randy Orton to me, except she's just not, uh, she's not as fluent, but she doesn't, uh, she's too safe to me. She's too safe. She's, she's got a boring style. She doesn't mess up. No, she never does. She doesn't mess up, but she's, uh, it's bland. She's just bland. And I, I love Natalia, but you know, whatever. I mean, that's, that's kind of, um, I hope that we can have this conversation again one day and kind of venture outside of Charlotte Flair when we talk about greatness. Please. Yeah. But um, I really don't have anything else, man. I am I hope that we get to see some great families in wrestling. I, I'd love this shit so much, man. It's very true, man. It, uh, I love seeing, I lo- and you, I love seeing like these, like the guys debut and they tell you like who their family is and like who they're related to. I'm like, oh my god, like, like even now with like Brian Pillman Jr. and AEW, mm, like, how do we not mention that like shit? His, wow, he looks just like his dad. He looks like him. He sounds like him. He walks like him. He talks like him. He, I mean, he wrestles like him. He does everything it's, like his dad. All he's got to do is pull a gun on somebody and he will be his dad. Yep, one hundred and ten percent. Absolutely. 
All right, so I think we lost Dan. So I'm gonna go ahead and send this thing. What do you got? What do you got? Go. I just wanted to. I just wanted to take us out. Oh, go take <laughs> us out. Take us out. Alrighty, yeah, uh, we seem to have lost Dan, but thank you guys very much for tuning into this episode of the Right On Squared Circle. Yeah, we lost audio. Yeah, we lost Dan. Dan. Um, thank you guys very much for listening. Please, please, please follow us on Facebook at Right On Squared Circle. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Right On SQC. We will please, I mean, be interactive with us. Please tweet us. <laughs> He's back. I'm back. There we go, Dan. But I'm uh, tired of this freaking storm. Jeez. Well, we're just taking it out, man. But thank you, you know, thank you guys very much for listening to our second episode of the Rattle Squirt Circle. Please be interactive with us on social media. We will try to be very quick with our responses. Please let us know what you know who you think is your top family in wrestling, and we will see you guys next week. Oh, hell yeah!